For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. But you know I was not the original libertarian voice on WSB. That would be uh, the one and only Neil Bortz, who is going to be in for Herman Cain Monday from 9 to noon. So that is going to be a real treat. And he is going to be reunited with his old friend, Jamie Dupree, at 11.06 a.m. So that's going to be fun. Monday, 9 to noon, Neil Bortz is in for Herman. So stay tuned for that. But we are well into a conversation about college. It's graduation week. And I did start by saying I respect what they've done. I think they all need to be uh, people who have actually graduated, be congratulated. To me, it was very hard. I I had a very hard time getting through school. I had my motto. (laughs) This is what got me through school. My motto was they're going to have to take me out on a stretcher because I'm not quitting. (laughs) That was it. Now, I had a little unusual circumstances because I transferred from community college to Harvard. And uh, as a junior, I switched my major. I had to take a language. It was a really crazy, stressful thing. And then after that, I ended up going back to school for business school and law school at Stanford, which was another crazy experience that I just was it's just not straightforward and the advantages people have when they come from families who have a dad who's a lawyer or a banker went to Harvard they're just prepared for that I mean my father was a trucker and suggested suggested insisted I not go to school to the point where I actually dropped out of high school thinking what's the point of graduating from high school if I'm not going to college it's a, a long and crazy story that I won't get into all the details but I will say I know that getting to the finish line is an achievement, but I also think that it's important not to stigmatize or clump together people who haven't achieved it because they, uh, you know, didn't feel like it or whatever from people who make a rational decision to spend that time and money elsewhere. I mean, I have a list. I don't know where it is, but my list of the billionaires, the tech billionaires who dropped out of college. Here it is. Bill Gates dropped out of Harvard. Michael Dell dropped out of UT Austin. Mark Zuckerberg dropped out of Harvard. Steve Jobs dropped out of Reed College. Paul Allen, the Microsoft guy, dropped out of Washington State. Larry Ellison, the Oracle guy, I think he dropped out of Chicago. These people prove what I what I had first heard in a John Taylor Gatto video. Uh, JB suggested, tweeted to me, Uh, Tell everybody to go watch that John Taylor Gatto video. It's on my website under watch and read, I think, is the tab where he tells people to, uh, 
he explains that it's not that people who go to Harvard are more successful. It's that people who are accepted to Harvard are more successful. So you don't have to go or even graduate. It's the admission process that identifies people as such. So when I, uh, so if you could use that admission process for just hiring in your firm, you would probably get people uh, a lot less burdened with debt so they can make less money, a lot more eager, a lot more interested. But I actually dug into this and there was a law, a Supreme Court decision called Griggs v. Duke, which, and I was actually looking for something like this. I wondered if there was a law against that. And they said that, and it was, it said they, that this company, a utility company, couldn't use IQ tests because it had not the intention, but the impact of discriminating against minorities, I think. And so I then further investigated that. See, this is what happened when you want to learn on your, your own. You, you really get to the bottom of things. And I found a study that said, is Griggs v. Duke did that decision? Is that responsible for the massive increase in college uh, enrollments since then? Because that was in the 70s. So, so there are all these systematic things that get us to want uh, to go to college, and uh, the stigmatizing people who don't is kind of funny because the I got another tweet that said I was just in Taiwan and universal college education means that degree is basically worthless and uh so that people don't even ask you about it they just assume you have it's like high school or eighth grade you know like it's not even relevant anymore and maybe that's where we're headed but i had this genius insight that i believe a simple libertarian solution would end uh uh, unnecessary, whatever, extra, not systematic. Systematic unemployment is like people who don't work because they don't want to work or between jobs. But above that, excess unemployment, conflict over immigration at the top and at the bottom from the H-1B visa level where tech people are shipped in from India to take jobs to illegal immigrants coming in to work uh, unskilled jobs. I uh, would solve both of those problems and reverse tax inversion. Here is my proposal, which, because it is so beautiful, (laughs) it would never, ever, and it will be effective, it would never, ever be adopted under any circumstances. But here is the idea. If the government stopped subsidizing college, if it just didn't give these indiscriminate subsidies, subsidized loans, nothing, just completely don't spend on it anymore at all, this is what would happen. People who wanted to go to college would have to get private loans and they would have to apply for them. And the private institutions would evaluate the loans based on whether that person choosing that major at that school is likely to pay the loan back. So instead of the moral hazard of telling people, take, uh, you know, jazz theory. We'll, we'll, you know, give you the debt and you can worry about it later. And then if you can't pay and you take a government job, we'll forgive it. I mean, it's just such a crazy system. These are, that's true stuff. So if they stop paying, then anybody who was going to school for enhancing income skills, they would get a private loan. And if it didn't make sense, they wouldn't. So then maybe they wouldn't go to school. So doing that would immediately match skilled workers with jobs. So you would eliminate that H-1B thing of where we have to get tech. You know, Zuckerberg, 
who runs Facebook, set up a lobbying group that did two things. Asked people to uh, uh, encourage public education to focus on STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math, which at uh, 3RG just tweeted me, socialists don't realize that corporations push the college mandate and stigma so that they don't have to educate employees. It is a subsidy for corporations when you focus the public education on skills training for them. So, uh, and he also, the other thing he lobbies for is these H-1B visas. So he can give other people the jobs that uh, he would otherwise have to pay American wages for or train people for. So, so that would eliminate that problem. And what it would do is a lot of people who just want to work would realize that going to college is, a, is not going to happen. They're not going to get to do it because they don't have the money and they've been, uh, the market tells them that's not going to be worthwhile. Then all those people, those people we want to do all the other stuff, uh, trades and unskilled labor. And I mean, I loved being a waitress. I mean, I loved it and I made plenty of money and I was great at it. And there, you know, the, actually the only reason is I was so afraid that I would get hurt someday and not be able to still do it. And, and funny thing is the likelihood was if I kept in that active job, I probably would live longer anyway and stay healthier. But that the fact is you make all these decisions based on market feedback, fears, culture, stuff like that. But if you eliminated college subsidies, you would all of a sudden match college uh, studies with job needs and people who couldn't do that would then be uh, in the in the trade or unskilled, which would stop that vacuum that sucks in people across the border on the lower end. I don't have a problem with organic immigration. If there's democratic demographic and technical reasons for people to come over, I'm I'm all for it. But when bad government policy creates weird, uh, excessive migrant flows that cause conflict, I have to wonder what they're up to. So it would solve that problem. It would solve unemployment. It would solve immigration. People who are there for pure ac- academics would either get scholarships, which I got a scholarship. Harvard is worth has a $38 billion fund, $38 billion with a B. They give out scholarships, and or you do it for leisure. Like you do it, it's a it's a luxury to study for studying's sake. So your mom can pay for it if she can pay for it. And then, but here's the beauty part: if you take the savings and you eliminate the corporate tax rate, you reverse tax inversion. You have companies coming here, bringing jobs, bringing that. And what they do is Jerry called before. He said a pharmaceutical company hired him without a degree. My sister too. She was a secretary, and you know what they did? They paid for her to become a pharmaceutical chemist, which she did at night. And then she was very successful. So these companies will come in and they will actually pay for the education, especially if there's no tax rate. So think about that. If we just stopped spending money on it, stopped spending money on it, we could solve all of these problems. And that is why it will never happen. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read some tweets after this at Monica Perez Show. You can also call 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Wrapping up our discussion on college. Is it worth it? Is it worth the time, money, effort? Is it worth risk to your uh, ability to reason? 
to your ability to tell the difference between right and wrong. I really feel that's what is at stake in this uh, idea of universal college. So I have time for one more call. I'm going to David and Tucker. Hi, David. You're on with Monica. Hi. Uh, we used to, when you were going to college, it implied you were smart. Now it doesn't imply anything. Uh, but I'm also discovering that a lot of people who are coming out of high school, they're not really college material, whatever that means, uh, <laughs> but they don't have the wherewithal to go into the job market without some sort of rehab by the business, and they don't have entrepreneurial skills because a lot of the people I know who run their own businesses can't keep their own books, and they wind up literally calling their clients going, Exactly how much do you owe me? Wow. Well, I didn't realize it was that bad. I do know the regulatory barriers can be overwhelming. That can really drive you out of business to try to keep up with the licensing and the other compliance issues. People should be able to add stuff together, and that's what they should spend their time on. My son has Down syndrome. He goes to public school, and I'm, I just he comes home with these jumbled lists of uh, even who the presidents are. And I'm like, look. You just need to learn how to count money, you know, not just, but that's where it has to start. Everybody needs to know how to do that stuff. And the other stuff should be layered on top. Is that controversial to say? Well, <laughs> Everybody should be able to count money. I find it bizarre that uh, at least when I went through school, through elementary and high school, I knew 10 times more about ancient Egyptian society than I knew about American society, thanks to my history classes, because that's what was emphasized. We covered the 20th century, the last week of the last quarter before we go out for summer vacations. And believe me, intense academic activities was not on our mind. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll tell you, I noticed the same thing, and it's what really turned me off on education completely. I thought I was always a top student. I did drop out of high school, but that's because I didn't like school and I thought it was a waste of time thanks to my father's indoctrination. But I uh, was a top student and I don't remember anything like that. I do not know my American history. And I thought I would have spent been better off if I had, as I call it, 100 hours and a library card. 100 hours is what it takes to learn how to read for a kid at the right age. And a library card, even the public library, which is probably censored, would have been better. Uh, uh, stay tuned, because up next is Derek Grayson, who you might know if you're a libertarian as the Minister of Truth, T-Mott. If, uh, if you don't know him, you are going to want to stay tuned because it's always interesting with T-Mont. The high today is 80. Tomorrow's high is 72. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And uh, I will tell you, if you listen to my show, rarely do I have guests. I can count on the fingers of one hand how many guests I've had since I've started doing this five years ago. I make rare exceptions to my no guest policy 
for local libertarian issues that I think you're not going to get uh, hear about anywhere else. So the Republican primary is coming up May 24th. And because of that, last week I had Catherine Bernard on. She's running for uh, House State House um, for Brookhaven, District 80. And if you want to hear my, my podcast with her, go to my website, monicapresha.com. And today I'm happy to have uh, Derek Grayson on. Hi, Derek. Oops, I can't hear you. Hey, um, Derek, I... I don't know if you remember this. Derek is running for on the Republican primary for against Isaacson for U.S. Senate to be on the ballot in November. And uh, I picked Catherine and Derek because I've actually been following them for a few years and I've uh, respect their principles and I think they have the courage of their convictions. And I don't know if I'm sure you don't remember this, Derek, but we were both at Ron Paul stock in 2012 in Marietta. And I recognize you from your videos. So I said hi to you. But uh, uh, anyway, so I don't know if you remember me, but I remember you. How are you? I'm doing fine, Monica. And I remember you. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, you know me now. I know that. And I, I thought you have an interesting background. I wondered if, um, you would just give us a little bit about your background and maybe, uh, you know, why you're why you're doing this. It's an uphill battle, and I want to know what gives you the motivation and the courage. Well, Mark, I, I, I'll tell you, um, I came. I, I didn't recognize the Republican Party anymore uh, after George Bush did the bailouts, uh, starting with CART, and. 18 months into Obama's administration, I said, wait a minute, you know, he's doing the same thing as uh, George Bush did. Now, I started doing those drive time videos in 2008, and after I realized that there was a problem with the people that we were electing, a friend of mine named Michael Jam Smith turned me on to Ron Paul, and I researched the heck out of that guy, listened to Everything I could find that he had done in audio, watched every video, and it brought me back to those things that I learned in school about the Constitution. And then I, I realized, well, you know, the reason this country is so messed up is because nobody is following the Constitution. So I became a bulldog supporter for Ron Paul, making drive time videos exclusive to him, exclusively for him. Uh, I attended my precinct meetings, uh, convention meetings. I was a delegate. I made it openly known that I supported Ron Paul. And when I saw what happened at the RNC, how they literally changed the rule to stifle the voice of the people. That was outrageous. People should look into that. And also primary and caucus shenanigans that are absolutely in evidence, but I, I want to say, Derek, that I love the point you made that you really researched Ron Paul because I have you on, I had Catherine on. I just want people to think for themselves, to dig in, to vote their consciences, to research you, her. I I feel like with Ron Paul, you knew you could uh, appreciate his principles, and he demonstrated that he had the courage of his convictions, and that's what I. Uh, why I am interested in your candidacy. Right. Well, when I saw that, 
when they changed the, the rules yes. about the plurality of states, they were saying to me, we don't want you to have your pick. We want America to have our pick. And not only the pick, Derek, yeah. but the voice. It was it was too late. He wasn't going to win it, but there was a voice. There was a representation of a minority viewpoint, which is really the heart and soul of the American experiment, the filibuster, all that stuff. So yeah. that was just silencing. Uh, yeah. This this freedom-loving caucus was really too bad. Yeah, so um, I ended up biting Ron Paul in because I said I will never vote for the lesser of evils again. I will never vote for an establishment candidate, anybody that is not willing to stand up for 100% of the Constitution, 100% of the time, they will never get my vote. I don't care what party they're in. And so with all of that, I said, I can no longer just be a supporter. I got to run to change this thing. Now I'm going to take credit for none of the incumbents in the 2014 race being reelected or the past politicians. Uh, and, and, and I'm taking credit because at every debate that I was in, I said to people, if the Constitution is important to you, don't send these people back. If you don't send me, don't send them back. And Georgia did. They sent David Perdue. I'm going to take credit for that. And even though I didn't win in 2014, I'm disappointed in the performance of David Perdue. So, uh, and Johnny Isaacson, his voting record is abysmal. Well, that's why I liked what you said about 100% of the Constitution, 100% of the time, because the Fourth Amendment is important. They're, they they vote for NSA funding and all that kind of stuff. The 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 security you cannot sacrifice the Bill of Rights. That's what it's there for. There is no argument for violating the Bill of Rights, and it is not going to make us safer. And and they just think that that's not a big deal. Uh, absolutely. Continuing resolutions, uh, the <clears throat> omnibus bill, one point one trillion dollars uh, in spending. Uh, constantly adding new programs. I, I heard a guy speak uh, in Georgia who's running for re-election bragging about the fact that there was no more birthday tax. So when he finished, I said, now hold on, everybody in here is clapping. He, he didn't tell you that they inserted themselves in every new private, I'm sorry, not new private, not new, but every used motor vehicle sale here in the state of Georgia. They didn't raise taxes on you. They found a new way to tax you. So every time you go to sell a motorcycle that you own or a motor vehicle, somebody, you or the, 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 the purchaser, y'all have now got to pay the state 7.5% in sales tax. It used to didn't be that way. They didn't do you any papers, but here he is bragging about it. See, these are the types of shenanigans that I just, I, Monica, I'm sick of it. I can't take it anymore. Well, I, I love have to run. Derek, I, I looked at your website and uh, gracein2016.com, and I love your issues page. I'm going to rattle off a couple of things that you just don't hear people say because most people aren't really out there uh, on principle. So they can't say things like, I never heard anybody say this besides me, repeal Obamacare and replace it with nothing. There you go. <laughs> Replace it with nothing. Why do Republicans think that it's okay to replace it with their thing, which it was their thing in the first place? Romney Care was an American, um, was it the Heritage Foundation? 
They uh, people never say that. I love uh, repeal one another thing. Repeal the Federal Reserve Act. Repeal the Sixteenth Amendment, which is the income tax. Restore yep. sound money. I mean, these are things that are a hundred percent constitutional. I mean, these these amendments, I would say, are uh, are questionable that income tax so who knows how that was really passed federal reserve act is uh unconstitutional in my opinion or certainly having unsound money is yeah and you've got a lot of things here that uh really appeal to the libertarian even though i know you are running as a republican which ron paul did also is there you know do you feel like he did that you can't that it really the two-party system is such a lock that it's not even worth trying or it's always worth trying the republican way because that's where most of the libertarians live well i i'll be honest with you first off georgia is a decidedly red state in the story we have 10 republican districts they made a deal with the democrats to redraw the line so that areas where there are high concentrations of blacks you know we ended up with with four uh democratic districts so for the most part Georgia is going to always vote for Republicans. Independents don't stand a chance in this state, um, and it's unfortunate that uh, libertarians are caught up in it. Way our, our two-party system is corrupt to the hilt. End of story. No argument about it. Yeah, uh, that is the reason why I'm running as a Republican. And what most people don't understand, libertarianism uh, is what conservatism yes. used to be. Yes. Limited government, okay, what the Constitution was yep. all about. and the Individual liberty and just wars. It's liberty yeah, and justice yeah. for all. Yeah, he, absolutely. Here's the so, thing. I think that, that really the, the thing, libertarians do live in the Republican Party, and the people who don't realize it are the ones who just believe the lies, the official narrative that comes out of Washington about the facts. They're not moving from believing in liberty and justice for all. It's they're being lied to about what that means on the ground, yeah, I think. So, and, and, yeah. and they have this thing, um, it's them against us. They want us to stay divided on numerous issues but you see what what i do to shut down anybody i I, i'll give them i'll just rattle it off george bush uh torture obama didn't stop it george bush i'm gonna end the war in iraq obama war in iraq still going on george bush uh bailout started with tarp bailouts obama bailed out the banks i I can go on and on and on their policies are just the same george bush perpetual all both of his terms war obama both of his term war and he gave us some additional ones and he's trying to get into syria there is no difference in the policies of these two political parties and monica i am fighting desperately to get people to wake up and see that because if they see that and they recognize the truth they'll do something different and that's why everywhere i go i take two pages of legislation that is that is bonafide to be against the constitution or the bill of rights that the incumbent has voted for voting against veterans voting to increase uh the, the deficit voting uh, continuing resolutions, voting for programs that we don't need, supporting um, uh, funding for uh, 
Planned Parenthood. I could go on and on and on. And I know that if the people knew this, Monica, they would be different. And let me just say this. Monica, All right, let me tell you something. Thank you so much. <laughs> you, let me thank you. you oh, go thank ahead, because you've got one more minute. I'm going to give it to you. you. Okay, God thanks you for bringing me on the air, because, Monica, nobody else wants me on the air, because I say the things that other people will not. What can you, what, you've got 30 seconds to tell people what to do or how to help you or how to learn more about you. Go. Grayson2016.com. Learn about me. See what I stand for. Email me. I will respond directly. I don't send out form letters. If you want to call me, call me. I will call you back. But more importantly, please tell your family, your friends, your neighbors. The only way we can overcome the press is with people like Monica Perez and people <laughs> like you. And you, Derek. All right. I'm going to, uh, May 24th is the primary. Uh, don't forget to vote. That's the Georgia Republican primary. Thank you so much for being on, Derek. Goodbye yes, to you, you and good, good luck. And uh, I'll be back uh, to close up the show right after this. This is Monica Perez. You don't owe me one more minute of your wasted time. High of 75 forecast for Monday, but a chance of rain as the work week begins. But that could change, so stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And do not forget to vote May 24th in the Republican primary. I've had on today Derek Grayson, last week Catherine Bernard. Uh, Derek's running for U.S. Senate and Catherine's running for uh, House District 80. Investigate. Vote your conscience. Just interesting to hear people of principle and uh, and courage. I like that. And don't forget Neil Bortz is filling in for Herman Cain Monday from 9 to noon right here on WSB. And I will be back next week five to seven i believe that's my uh i'm a little off schedule next week but we can have this conversation i'll keep you posted go to my website monicaperezshow.com you can like me on facebook through that or you can always tweet at me at monica perez show You're